Check one, two, check one, two. Hey. Hey. You literally came in doing the check the mic. I like that. Just leading right first in. First things first. <laughs> yeah. You're listening to the Music Manumit podcast for October 15th, 2017. Learn more at musicmanumit.com. Hi, and welcome to another Music Manumit. I am Tom, and on today's show, we have Time Zone LaFontaine. Now, we are definitely going to be talking about how he got that name. He's a block sonic artist, and he has a history of, well, it's kind of hip-hop, but I point out that it reminds me of kind of like when Wax Tracks labels back in the 90s kind of did industrial and hip-hop. And he knew what I was talking about, so he was kind of excited about that, and so was I. It was nice to meet him. Here's my interview with Time Zone LaFontaine. Starting right now. On your site, it says that you create music. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm misquoting it because I'm not looking at it right now, which I could pull it up. But it says that you use like old computers or old things to create music. Yeah, well, old kind of half busted equipment that like every jack is loose and the cable has to be positioned like just so very delicately, or it's going to be cutting out and whatnot. Um, on purpose know, or just because it's no. cheaper? <laughs> I use the, the nicest stuff I can afford, but I can't afford that much stuff. And it's just taken a long time just to get like, you know, something that works and can make like, you know, pretty good sound quality. Like I think of my stuff as being lo-fi. Yeah. I was talking to, um, a friend of mine who's a rapper and I was making some beats with her and she was like, you know, your stuff isn't really lo-fi. Like when people think of lo-fi, they think of like a much like more kind of like degraded fuzzy kind of sound quality and whatnot. And like uh-huh. maybe compared to like, you know, professional studio, it could be called lo-fi, but it's like, you know, it's like, it's clearer than, you know, I don't know what, what you would call as like a genre or like yeah. subgenre. I, but, I get where you're coming yeah. from, though, because you're saying lo-fi in its production, uh, quali- not quality. No, it, it's the opposite. It's So when people think of lo-fi, they're like, oh, that sounds like it was recorded on a cassette tape that's been magnetized uh, 20 yeah. years ago. <laughs> or it yeah. sounds like it was recorded with, uh, like it's overdriven and has tons of fold-over effect and everything's just distorted when you hit it. But yeah. I right when you said it, I my mind instantly went to like, oh, lo-fi because of the equipment. So it's lo-fi yeah. equipment, but the production. So th- there's a style and there has to be a subgenre for that because that's impressive to take broken equipment. I'm just going to refer to it as broken. It's clearly not. It's used, gently used. Mm-hmm. Let's. <laughs> well, uh, somebody was talking to me about that. This might apply. I'm not sure. Like, I'm sorry if I use the wrong term, but that's right. Uh, my friend who uh, he's a musician, he's got a, a project called Helix Resonator. And he was saying there's this, this name that is squee, which means like you squeeze everything you can out of the whatever equipment you have, you know? So maybe that's like related to it, but okay, it's like, um, you know, I still use my four track that was like the first four track that I bought myself. You know, I still use that basically as like a mic preamp and that's like okay. you know, every, the situation with every Jack, it's like gotta be at the right angle to get the signal through and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's got a sound, you know, it's like, it's not a thousand dollar preamp, that's specifically for mics, but that's how I've been able to use it. And, yeah. You know, yeah. It's got like a two band EQ on oh, each track. Nice. <laughs> Tascam 424. Nice. I got that like 
more than 20 years ago. There was a, a time when uh, I didn't have any drum machine. I didn't, it was long before I had a computer. I just had a mic and a four track and my bass guitar. And I would like, and a metal folding chair. <laughs> I could like tap a beat on this metal folding I was going to say, did you use it as an instrument? I mean, yeah, yeah. all right, good. Just, yeah. So it is fun. Like I, I listen back to something like that now. I'm like, man, that's like got a cool wild energy. I mean, it's like I've gotten more refined, you know, with uh, my technique, I guess. But, you know, just work with whatever you have, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and no, you can do cool things. I remember running around with a, I had a four track cassette uh, recorder and running around with a mini recorder and just recording things at random and trying to put them together on the four track and actually make a song out of them and then play on top of it. Oh, cool. And I thought it sounded awesome. I loved the sounds I got. I loved the way that it transferred from one tape to the other tape. Everybody else I knew hated it. Of course, they were all <laughs> like metalheads and stuff, so they didn't get where I was going with it. But to me, yeah, and listening back to it, I've, I'm still like, God, that's so unique and cool. But, yeah. but I was listening to the sounds. It wasn't when I, I, I thought about it and I'm like, I'm not going like this song is awesome. I'm like going, God, that sound is kick ass. I should, yeah. you know, so, um, and how do you find the equipment or is it just that you've had the equipment forever and you keep it going? Yeah. It's mostly that I've had it forever and, you know, I've lost some things along the way to like power surges and whatnot. I lost a good old eight bit sampler oh. to a power surge and, uh, at an Ensonic Mirage that I had for a long time. And that was fun. That, you know, speaking of something that has its own characteristic sound, you can use like bit reduction plugins or whatnot, but it's, yeah, you know, it's cool, but it's not the same thing, but you know, just um, whatever you can work with, if you're ready to go right now. So, yeah. And, and that's another thing that it makes me think of is just like, you know, the longer that you make music, you'll get better as a musician, but it's, it's worthwhile to reflect back on the crazy shit you did when you were starting out because like you keep that wild creativity and like think of like a playful way to approach things because sometimes with computers, it can get too perfect, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, so it seemed like magical things could happen accidentally with some of that old equipment. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you use a tape, you don't have a blank tape. So you use a tape. It's got something on it Yes, with your four track. And then like you're mixing it and you hear something backwards from the other side of the tape that you didn't know about, but somehow it fits perfectly. And yeah, it's harder to make things like that happen with the computer. Occasionally it will like a, I'll go to move like a little clip and I accidentally grab too much and move this whole chunk. And then I'm like, Oh, but then I listen to it. And it's like, Hey, that's kind of cool. That's kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's or nice even work. just the in-between, like if you're using the tape and the in-betweens, if you're recording over something, uh, there'd be like, you you would try to, or at least I would, you would try to record in the four track as if you were making an album. And you'd be like, here's where we're going to record the next song. But mm -hmm. you were recording on something else. So there'd be like a second or so in between, or there'd be the lead in where not all of the tracks started recording yet. One did, but not the others. And it would slowly just kind of click in. And also, yeah, I... Yeah. I, I feel bad for the people that don't that have never lived to uh, know the concept of punching out or no uh, taping over that one hole that keeps you from recording on, <laughs> on cassettes oh, yeah, that you yeah. have like the, the copy protection thing yeah, yeah their version yeah. of it which was literally just a detector to go is there a hole here or isn't there 
Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> like mechanical. <laughs> and I, is it weird that I find it ironic that the uh, 8-bit blew up because of a power surge considering it's made to sound like it, all it is is electronics? I, I just find <laughs> that ironic that that's, that that's how it went out. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, I mean, that's also like the thing about it is this type of equipment is so delicate, you know, compared to a lot of rock and roll standard instruments, you know, you can thrash around and, you know, it's going to keep on going for the most part. Like yeah. I, it's, I worry about just like accidentally bumping into something and then like, you know, the entire instrumental bed of a whole song just cuts out instantly. Like you're DJing or something using a laptop. Oh, right. <laughs> you get a little bit too excited or it's like a wobbly table and like one chord can come out and then it's like dead silence in the whole place. And it's, it's like, oh man, uh-huh. you can't like jump around like all crazy like i've played in all sorts of different types of bands and every configuration of instruments and gear has its own strengths and weaknesses so i guess it's just you know play to the strengths of what you're working with do you play out live often not these days just every every once in a blue moon these days okay you know um i used to play out a whole lot and with bands and go on little tours like two week or one month tours and yeah you know, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, what, what was cool about that was like, I'd encourage any musician who's ever thought about doing that to really try to do that because it like will restore your faith in humanity in a lot of ways. I met so many intelligent, creative people out there just, you know, randomly. Hmm. <laughs> um, if I'm just staying in one place for a long time and just getting all my contact with the world through the the web i'm starting to be like ah oh, this is fucked up it's a terrifying world that we're living in okay if you can I get, you. get out and like you know meet some other grassroots kind of creative people you feel a lot better yeah yeah life and society well and what kind of bands were you touring with because um you said you were playing instruments and i want to say i feel like the stuff you're doing now is more probably more electronic based yeah, it's it's hybrid, but you know, it's like, I mean, I play live bass okay. most of the time. Nice. Um, now and and you know that's what that's what I was doing in rock bands for the most part. Um, yeah, it was like rock. I mean, always I always thought of it as punk rock, at least in ethos, if not in the style. Um, and, but you know, I think I kind of think of the ethos of punk rock and hip hop as being akin to each other. So it's always been a natural kind of thing for me to try and combine elements of those cultures and you know genres yeah um so that's what that's what i've done in in bands um you know i played in in a band where we had like guitar bass and drums but then also like a sampler or like our drummer for a while had a sampler and uh, electronic drum pad you could trigger samples always playing a beat or for a while i got like this little yamaha su10 sampler that was small enough to mount on my bass and i could be playing a bass line but then reach down really quickly <laughs> with my fingers and trigger sample and things well, like that. What kind of sample? Like actual triggers? Or are you saying like it would do a loop? Uh, Mostly just triggering something okay. manually instead of like, because if you start playing it on a loop, then you have to follow the loop. Right. That's why it. I was asking because, because truthfully, I'd like to figure out that I, I don't know how to do that. And I, mm-hmm. I want to know how to do it. Like I'll set something up. Like it is the being spoiled by having a computer and, and everything can be perfect. I can set up a loop. And then when you go and it's like, Oh, I wrote the song. Hey, that's great. How are we going to do that one part? Oh yeah. 
<laughs> that's this weird sample that we can't re recreate. Uh, how yeah. would we do that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, part of that might, you can look at it just as like, well, this is the magic of a live performance and we like, you know, play it different from how it sounds on the recording. Yeah, There's but at what point do you realize you're cheating yourself? You're that's an excuse. You're going, "Ah, but we'd really like to do it the with that right sound." <laughs> yeah. If you if you want to, you can. I mean, I saw this thing the other day. I forget the name. I'll I'll find it and look at uh, you know, message you about it or something, but it's like a plugin that goes with Ableton Live that can like listen to your tempo and no. then it'll adjust the the loop that's playing really? based on something that you're playing that's triggering or you know like doing like oh, tapping that would the BPM be cool. on there that would be nice yeah huh and then i'd just have to figure out how to get my drummer to do that because he would be the one that, <laughs> that i'd want yeah. to control um and then uh what uh well how did you make the transition from you said you started out probably more punk based but now you're how did you transition into what you do now and also just for people listening We've been talking for a while now. Some might not know what you do. So uh, why don't you talk about that transition? Well, uh, I mean, what I do is it's usually described as hip hop. To me, I mean, that's a major part of it, you know, of the music and of my life. But also there's other elements to it. It's like rock influence and punk influence and, you know, it's electronic dance music of various types. I'm not like a one of those people who has this encyclopedic knowledge of all the very granular and minute subgenres of electronic music. But, okay. you know, I um, try to combine uh, contemporary types of electronic sounds with, you know, maybe sort of like a 90s, late 80s, early 90s, golden age hip hop aspect. And then even further back than that, like some Southern rock or, you know, just classic rock aspects to it. Um. Yeah. Now, what was the other part of the question? I well, I know, and I want to say I'm happy that I, I I'm I'm glad that we paused because I actually wanted to tell you I'm happy that you mentioned the early '90s, late '80s because what I would give you too, and from what I hear, I was big into the whole Wax Tracks library library around that time period. Oh yes, yes. And your yeah. stuff reminds me of like the deep cut type stuff that they would put out that wasn't the industrial stuff, but it still mm -hmm. had that kind of edge like MC 900 foot Jesus before he became, you know, the Fresh Prince or whatever the heck he did with that. If I only had a brain song. But before that, he was cool. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, stuff like uh, uh, Greater Than Zero or um, I, I can't think of any of the other ones, but but like some of the stuff that was more more dance like but more, more hip hop based but it still had that like chicago industrial style you know yeah i i love wax tracks stuff back in the day i like actually moved to chicago and i was like i'm going to like really try and like get in with that scene which <laughs> i wasn't really ready to do that at that time but yeah i was listening to um like the first uh, meat beat manifesto yes. stuff came out on wax tracks and that you know it was these hybrid types of things, MC900 also for sure, it's just like the combined industrial and hip hop. Yeah. And um, the thing, I mean, I, I liked it, it was just fresh, but I also noticed that they were using the same instrumentation and the industrial stuff that they're using in hip hop. So I was like, okay, this is like a natural kind of crossover type point. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, you know, even prior to that, just from a, an early age, I got exposed to bands that, uh, 
tried to combine more than one type of style into their music and that's just what always what i've loved and reflecting on it more in recent years i was like you know another way to describe that that some people might describe that in a more negative way is like well this band is like inconsistent or something you can't tell what they're going to do from one track to the next but i think that's really cool you know and it's like yeah it seems kind of natural you know Mm -hmm. but um yeah that's that's like when i was a kid my mom i grew up in nashville tennessee and of course the country music is really famous there but there's always a really vibrant and uh, creative uh underground music scene there that never could really like break out in the ways that other towns in the south kind of did like athens yeah. georgia or something yeah. like that you know but there was always like amazing music going on there and so like one thing was my mom took me to this see this reggae band called african dreamland and uh you know you can find a, a little bit of their stuff online if you go searching around but it's cool because it was like reggae but it also definitely had this like electronic element to it as well really yeah um and then there's another underground band in Nashville, more like when I was a teenager. They're called the Grinning Plowman, and they're they had like live rock instrumentation, but also like a kind of an an industrial aspect to them as well. So yeah, I mean, I I don't want to um, mislabel it or like label it in a way that they wouldn't like or whatever. But that was kind of my interpretation of their style, you know. So yeah, and that was back when people actually did the that would make a, br- a great band name type band names. Like people don't do that anymore. People don't do like, you know, the the uh flaming toilet papers or, you know, nobody does that anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's hard, you know. It's hard to think of a band name that isn't already taken for one thing. Yeah. And then I see a lot of a lot of the young cats these days make up especially in electronic music, they make up names that are kind of like puns on celebrity names like Com Trues. Oh, right. Or, or Bill uh, Gates. My favorite know. still that I've mentioned on this show before is DJ Tanner, who's actually a DJ in San Francisco. <laughs> and I think that's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a girl. So uh-huh. everything about that hits all my humor uh, checkboxes on that one. Uh, pretty, I was pretty happy when I found, when I found out about that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the, uh, the other thing that it made me think of too was, uh, and for me, I had the same sort of revelation was bad brains, how like every five songs, it would be oh, like, yeah. Oh, you know, a full on reggae, like no, no half reggae, no reggae type three eleven thing. Uh, it was like full on, like we're doing reggae on this song. And that was, that was the one thing for me where it was just like, wow, this band is great and it's okay to listen to something else, you know, or play something else. I think they kind of, they started off more like thrashy and harsh and abrasive. And then like a little bit later on, they got more and more into the reggae style. And then they were like able to hybridize it into their just, there's just like, you can't say what they are. They're just bad brains. That's like, I love that kind of like, you know, singular kind of, mature uh you know artistry yeah yeah i know what you mean yeah yeah and um now how did you come up with uh the name for what you're calling this well unless that actually is your birth name (laughs) (laughs) no um i mean the 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 actual answer to that is semi-rambling and not that satisfying and then i also have a kind of retconned explanation <laughs> upon further reflection but okay what actually it was is i also uh draw comics oh. and at, at one point i uh drew this little comic strip about a, a band 
and Time Zone LaFontaine was one of the members of this band. And then um, later on, when I was trying to think of a name for my own project, I remembered that. I was like, okay, I'll, maybe that'll work, you know. The the sort of like upon further reflection uh, explanation is that uh, well, I'm fascinated with time and the expression of time in music is rhythm. Mm-hmm. So there's that, and then uh, LaFontaine is like it's like a fountain in French, so it's like flow. So it's just like rhythm and flow. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And uh, you uh, you also have some uh, videos that are out, and they're not really your normal. Uh, what's it the the card the the cover card videos you have some videos they're actual videos but they also kind of seem like they may be sort of experimentation with just like effects or something so how do you how do you make those videos well that's related to what i do for a living my paycheck work is i do animation um usually like 3d computer animation yeah also some a little bit of video motion graphics and stuff so when I'm just, it's just like R and D for me. <laughs> I'll like, you know, kind of do something really bizarre and experimental, and then maybe I can utilize that for my actual work at some point. But <laughs> do you set out um, to do it with the music, or is it you have something and you're like messing around with it and going, oh, I should put this in the background of my song, and it just happens to work out that way? Uh, I mostly I try to set out like with the song in mind. Okay, I try to think about, um, you know what visuals would work with it. But for some reason, it's really hard. Like I am a visual artist too, but when I make my music, it's hard for me to just come up with like a visual concept that's related to it. So it's just, I've been out of like necessity that I do all this stuff myself. I'm not really trying to be like this techno hermit who's (laughs) doing everything alone. Uh, I love to collaborate with people and work with other people, but it's just, you know, that's one aspect of how I can get things done is like, okay, I got a couple of hours. I, my daughter has been put to bed and I can mm-hmm. work on something creative right now. <laughs> well, and it's it takes time to go find the people. So it's not that you don't want to work with people. It's just like you'd spend half your time going, all right, who can I find to do this video is what you're saying. Yeah, well, it's yeah. been a long road. I mean, that was like, I was super excited about the World Wide Web in the 90s. I was like, man, yeah. we're going to be able to collaborate with people all over the world. But Still not that taken, easy. Yeah, <laughs> it's taken a long time just to, to find people who are game to do that and have are comfortable enough with their own tech and their own process to be able to. That's the big one. I know people that go, that would be so cool if we could do this. And I'll go, I know how we can do this. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, first now what we could do is we could create a repository. I lost them. You know, it's like if we we could have, we could actually use GitHub as something that would sync what we're doing and we would download the thing using the same program and they're all just like the second I say it would be in a repository and it would sync. They're like, you mean like Dropbox? Kind of, but no, you know, and yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. And Dropbox doesn't have the capabilities to do it. Sorry, I could go on forever about this. I've been trying to find a way to do it and yeah. I know how to do it. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know anybody else that can participate. Yeah, there's uh, starting to be things, and that's one of the things I've been excited about that I've stumbled onto with the Creative Commons uh, is like, you know, there's, what is that? Uh, what is that site where people will just upload like themselves playing a guitar solo and then it's there are a few CC Mixter. There's CC like Mixter. There's freesound.org, which is more for like samples and stuff, but they'll upload them there. Um, yeah, there's, oh, there's one more and I'm forgetting it, but CC Mixter is the big one. That one's cool. Um, and that's definitely a community. 
Um, so mm-hmm. it's not, not a lot of people go there. And funny thing is, is that one has the opposite effect I've realized is that people who do want to try it go there and they're like, how do I do this? Like people that, <laughs> that would know to go there. Like it's so like, you can tell it, it just looks so much like a programmer would know their way there or somebody who's tech savvy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, but you've, you've tried to use it or you're just saying that you've discovered it or. What's I've only recently discovered it and okay. I've looked around on there to see like what people are doing and think about what I can put on there. And, you know, yeah, I'm not sure yet. This, this is, I've, I've put a creative commons license on my releases for many years, but it was only recently that I realized that, you know, to me, it was just like a philosophical thing that made sense. Yeah. You know, cause I come from a background of, kind of sample based stuff. I don't use samples that much anymore, but still a little bit. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm borrowing stuff from people, you know, illegally usually, but it doesn't right. matter. Cause I'm so going to say you have, I, you have uh, crazy train on one of your new ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, I want to like also give something back or like put something out there. And, you know, people are welcome to play around with that too. And I would just be hyped if, you know, people, do that. It's been interesting seeing what people do with that type of stuff. But, um, but back to what I was saying was that I didn't realize that there was an active community around creative commons and that there was actually people who seek out music mm-hmm. from artists who put out stuff with CC licenses and stuff until like in the past year and a half or two years or something like that. Yeah. So I'm like, Oh man, this is so cool. And it's exciting, but like, I'm trying to like catch up. Like what else don't I know about yet? <laughs> I know about. How did you discover it to begin with? Well, um, I mean, coming up as somebody who was playing around with samples and stuff, I was already a little bit interested in copyright. And I remember when um, Negative Land put out their U2 record and they got into all kinds of hot water about that. And then they started, you know, um, putting out all all sorts of material that described what they're doing and like their idea of fair use and this and that. So that kind of put that whole realm of ownership and what, what it's okay to borrow or use it on, on my mind. And then a little while later, I think I, I found out about archive.org and I was very interested in all the old film strips and stuff you can get off of there. So I'd like, yeah, oh, I want to like grab this and, change this old film strip about like hygiene or something into (laughs) some kind of psychedelic kaleidoscopic video art or whatever. So uh, yeah, that kind of, I saw like a creative commons license on some of that stuff. And then I think it was when I signed on with Bandcamp or something that they give you the option and you could read what each one, the description of each one. I was like, okay, this like matches with my own philosophy of what's fair and what's like Mm -hmm. kind of, culturally like the right thing to do yeah yeah and that's a lot of people we've talked to that's where they've discovered it just because it's an option on there and they're like that makes sense of course i want people to be able to share my music you know yeah yeah but to some people it doesn't i've been like describing it to some of my other friends especially since i have sort of gotten hip to like net labels and whatnot. And I'm like, Hey, there's actually an audience. Like this is a place where like people are interested and they're like trying to find new music, which is a hard thing to find, um, among people these days, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Like I think I read something about how Spotify 
had done a study based on their own internal statistics that they found that um, around the age of 33, most people stop trying to find new music. Oh, I read that. Yeah. Yeah. So sad. That's Yeah, that's ridiculous. I don't understand that at all. Of course, those are the same people that share that whole, like, what will save the music industry is if they made concerts earlier. Did you ever see that (laughs) stupid article? No, I didn't see that. Uh, everybody, st- everybody I knew started sharing that, and they're like, "I would totally go." And I'm like, "No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't <laughs> go if it was earlier. You would still find an excuse to be lazy and stay home and watch uh, whatever the hell's on TV." Anyway, sorry, yeah. I, I keep going into little rants like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, the the and that's the, that's exactly it. Is people will say to us, they'll be like, oh, the Creative Commons thing, why do you do that? Isn't that that thing where you give your music away for free? It's like, no. And then they'll also go, how do you have all your stuff? I see your stuff in all these videos. You always share these videos where people are using your music. How do you do that? And I'm like, because of Creative Commons. It's, you know, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, but isn't, couldn't we just, con-? and I'm like, no, you're, if you're not going to understand it, I mean, don't, don't, you know, ding me on it and then ask me, how do we do it? <laughs> Yeah, I don't. it's just like a, there's a big mountain to climb um, because people are, are you know, kind of conditioned in a certain way where for they grew up with this like corporate music industry that right. had these mechanisms of distribution and promotion. And it, it's like, you know, even if somebody wants to find some cool new music, uh, what are you going to what are you going to type into Google? like cool new music or something like right how do you, how do people people don't know so um i don't know it's just going to be a long process and there's like a going to be a lot of word of mouth it will and a lot of exactly your point a lot of services have started doing that like free music archive is a great place for i mean filmmakers know about that place people that make mm-hmm. videos on youtube know about that place they can go there and get because uh, you can uh, also search by the license. And then yeah. a couple of years back, they did something that made it even better. They integrated their library directly with Vimeo. So if you have your stuff on on uh, Free Music Archive, mm-hmm. then it's automatically on Vimeo and people who make films can search it just by what you said and they could go cool new music or you oh, know yeah. they search it by mood if you label your stuff properly uh, or if the person who uploads it to free music archive but that's that's the thing that's exactly the frustration you had is what do you do and there are people saying yeah i hear about this uh, creative commons music how do i find the stuff i want because while archive.org is great it's just so vast it's been around so long that it's really hard to find stuff uh, easily there you know yeah that's that can be overwhelming and that's kind of something that I had in mind just for example like on my Bandcamp page I decided I wasn't going to just put up my entire like life's work <laughs> you know if somebody goes there and wants to check something out I just have like three or four things up there and, mm-hmm. uh, I mean I, I have more stuff that I've done in the past but sometimes I'll go to somebody's page and there's like a hundred things I'm like okay I choose something at random. Do I choose the most recent thing? Do I choose the first thing? Do I choose, the, you know, most people start from the top, I would say, yeah. you know, it's, and that's just a guess, but I'm assuming that's what they do. And how did you, speaking of that type of stuff, how did you find, uh, block Sonic and how did you get involved with block Sonic or did well, he find you? Cause he does that too. <laughs> yeah. He's really good about that. Uh, but 
No, I am back way back when <laughs> I was one of the people who went to the enemy board, public enemies forum in the late nineties, but okay. I wasn't, I wasn't as involved as most people there. I was more of a lurker. I did like participate in a few little conversations, but I wasn't like one of the, um, main active people then i was just like fascinated and i saw like the origins of like the impossibles you know this like mm -hmm. internet-based collaboration happening i was like that's awesome I, i'd like to be involved in that i didn't i wasn't able to at that time but um so years later um i was working on an album like two albums ago i think and i was like okay. i want to find some other MCs who I haven't worked with yet. And I wonder if the enemy board is still around, but it wasn't. And then uh, after, a little while after that, I tried out Twitter. I was like, well, what, how do you use Twitter? What am I going to Twitter tweet about here? It's like, okay. I don't understand what good this is, but uh, I think I just, somehow I, I spotted C-Doc on there. I was like, I remember C-Doc from the enemy board. Okay. And so I just messaged him. I was like, hey, is the enemy board still around? And, you know, he's like, no, nah, it's been gone for a while. But and I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm looking for, you know, conscious rappers to, to, to collaborate with. He was like, okay. Uh, nothing really came from that directly. But as I was struggling with what is the point of Twitter, I think I've, I, it'll show like people that suggest you to follow and block Sonic showed up on there mm -hmm. because C doc was following them and they're following C doc. So I looked at the block Sonic website. And I was like, what is this? I don't quite understand this. Mm -hmm. Is this a label? I don't quite get it. But, <laughs> um, and then I was like, Oh yeah, it, it is. A, and then they're putting out all this stuff. This is really cool. And so I followed them. And then I think, uh, Michael must've followed me back. And then just out of sheer random luck, one day I was at, it was toward the end of the year and I was like, I don't know what to Twitter tweet about. Why am I even on here? I'll just do some tweets about what I did this year. It's the end of the year. So I was like, okay, this year I, I drew a new issue of my comic and I, I made, I programmed a video game uh -huh. <laughs> and I, I made a new album. And then I think, um, Mike actually followed that link to my album and actually listened to it, which huh. is really extraordinary. <laughs> that's so uh, that's what, you know, people should be doing. Like, check it out. You know, if somebody yeah. makes something, you know, from the heart, whatever. And he's like, he got in touch with me. He's like, Hey, this is good. And would you like to be on the, have a song on our next compilation? And so that kind of started that, that ball rolling. And then he was like, if you make another album, let me know. And you know, yeah. This and then that, about a year later, I was like, okay, I'm like, most of the way through an album are you still interested in maybe putting something out and he's like yeah okay <laughs> i i love the fact that you started out and this is the good part of the internet you started out going how do i use this thing what's this twitter now this isn't like walking into you're like oh there's a house party over there i'm gonna walk inside and see who's there hey there's c doc how you doing you were on there and found c doc and <laughs> randomly you know on the the whole web uh, found him on Twitter and messaged him and then randomly kind of ended up connecting with the people that you used to know. That's yeah. pretty outstanding. And they're people that you've never actually met, you know? It, yeah. 
That's a great story. I love that. <laughs> oh. I was just, I didn't really like know them back on the enemy board, but I was like, you know, I admired what they were doing. And I was like, they're doing like, they're fulfilling the potential of this medium, you know? Yeah. So then later on, so now it's just like, it's a thrill and an honor to be able to collaborate with those cats. No, oh, that's cool. It's like so good at what they do. And like, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. And then you sent us a song to play today um, that I, well, Doug sent it to me. You sent it to Doug, Doug sent it to me, and I don't have it open right now. So the song we're going to be playing today for the show is called... I'm going to leave that to you because I don't know the name of it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I did send a song. Oh, he sent me could... one over a message. Um, oh, really? Yeah. And now we're going to do this in real time. We're going to find it. If I, just luckily if I, I did my phone. send it, it was like, I've forgotten. <laughs> a thousand flowers? Is no. that That's not you. That's no. somebody else. This is a message for somebody else. Okay. Oh, okay. So <laughs> anyway, what song would you like us to play today? <laughs> I, thought, I thought this was uh, the track, so I didn't look up. What our track was going to be. That's brilliant. Um, How about uh, Keep Your Blades Sharp? Which okay. features Donny Ozone, who's also like, he's done so much amazing stuff. Like he just puts up acapellas oh, for wow. people to oh, use wow. on their tracks. And he's he's been on so many tracks from so many different producers all over the world. How did you guys hook up? Um, Man, I don't remember. No? <laughs> I mean, I've never... I think just from I saw that he was he he must have been a guest artist on no he was also on um on the Doc Sonic LP that C Doc made I, that's how I first saw him okay and then when I was working on some stuff I just got in touch with him and was like would you like to rap on one of my beats oh <laughs> and he was like yeah. Uh, that's how most of those tracks come out on Block Sonic. I'm jealous of that. I don't have any of that. We tried to do a a call out for remixers. Nothing. Nobody wanted to remix our stuff, and I, I feel so at, sad. I looked at that, but I missed the deadline. Oh, well, it's still open-ended. If you want to remix some stuff, I'd love for you to do it. If you well, actually want I to do it, like I, to. you should. I, I'm Look, but, I would totally let you still do that. You know, but it, listen, I know you're in a rock band with like lots of instrumentalists and I don't want to like offend anybody. Like if I make my own drums, I don't want your no. drummer to be like, what, what are you taking my drums out for, man? <laughs> no, it was understood. It was understood that like the remix would be like, I, and we know that. I mean, we're, we're here in Madison and this is the home of, I want to say where the re not the remix. Well, yeah, maybe the remix. So remember in the 90s, going back to the 90s again, when all of a sudden the end of every album had like a remix of the popular song. And I want to say yeah. that was started by Butch Vig. He started doing that with other albums because it was like, you know, he had he could only record grunge for so much. And then he was like, I'm going to try remixing. And he the concept was the only thing you kept was the vocal track, you know. Mm-hmm. So we were fully aware that that were or actually kind of hoping to. And my my drummer's super open about uh collaboration and experimentation as far as music goes i I had to put that at the end because it made it sound like i was saying he's a weirdo um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no dude i would love to hear it especially with the uh with that background of your knowledge of the wax tracks and all that kind of stuff i would that was i'm i'm into that do what you will with it tear it up (laughs) okay but enough about us uh we're here to talk about your song so anyway this is uh you 
you worked with him on it and then uh, uh, put this on Block Sonic. Uh, what's the song about, really? This is a, it's called Keep Your Blades Sharp, which is just kind of a way of saying, like, you know, keep your chops up. If you're a musician or artist of any kind, keep in practice, work on it every time you can, like, take any opportunity. If you only have, like, 10 or 15 minutes, like, try and use that for something. Don't try and, like, wait for, like, I mean, ideally, I'd be like, yeah, I wish I had like six hours or 10 hours to just work uninterrupted, but it's just not yeah. like that, <laughs> especially, you know, at this stage in my life. So now I'm like, okay, use that opportunity that you get. And little by little, you, you're going to uh, make something that's really, you know, really great, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. And keep on, keep on trying. Nice. Uh, that's cool. Um, all right. And I want to thank you very much for, uh, taking the time to talk with me today it was awesome meeting you thank you and thank you for doing what you're doing i've like i haven't listened to all your shows yet but i saw like you know this is like years of of work that you're doing documenting stuff and it makes me also think about like i should interview some people also i've done like yeah. interviews for print i haven't done like a you know podcast type of thing before but you know i think more artists should also think about interviewing each other or just having like this kind of conversational thing and kind of documenting that and put that out it's like it's good thing what you're doing so Thanks. thank you for doing it man. And, and you meet great people doing it too there's I, I, it's one of those like kind of like when you learn something you look back and you didn't realize how much it actually has become part of your life so it's mm -hmm. it's yeah it's the same sort of thing so it's really cool i would highly recommend that you do something like that it's i enjoy it it's the main reason i still do it uh, no, and it was great meeting you. And I want to thank you again for coming on. And this has been another Music Manumet podcast at musicmanumet.com. Turn it up, I'm up to old tricks Play cool, tune thoughts to breath control Mic technique, exact, exceptional Still in the fines, build self-reliance Trying to do right through the blue night So night, the whole night through Enact the cup, my saw blade sharp And that's what's up Purified flow with the skill instilled Each pass on the path is distilled with force of will Drop tunes, though the opportune moments Are few and far between, no postponing When the chance arrives Cause if you're waiting on a flawless block of the clock to rock, you waste the shots, you got to break through, stay true, focus, patient, make do, all 
opportunities available. Optimize, rephrase, and rewrite. If it ain't rock and write, rhythm to the rhyme, to the lateral flex. Balance with the mean, and they strive to express. Calibrate, the circumstance necessitates. Next, integrate all lessons and levitate. Where the best known or less known, the edge of my blade stays next to the whetstone. Song plays, no wrong way or right way. Cold blooded knife play, night on the highway. Ride keeps rolling through the soul. Ethereal style is subtle like the dark material. Of my ear fuzz when I rock instrumentals in my earbuds, then I might improvise in my mind's eye. Take out my big pen, stack lines high, keep my brainstorms in my sketchbook. It's a thick book, thick as a textbook. In my backpack, there's another notebook where I wrote this verse with some dope hooks. These rhythmical poetry speeches are made up of fragments and pieces, sneak peeks of my future releases, inspired by a rap's masterpieces, classics preserved on wax. Dusty records in crates and stacks Original b-boy breaks and videotapes of yo MTV raps This shoebox is filled with cassette tapes Demos in four track one takes Recorded inside at home with $10 mics and soundproof foam Hidden just beneath the pavement In the dim lights of the basement Wrapped from these faded pages Just for my own entertainment 